following The Leftovers, the officially unofficial podcast for The Leftovers on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just saw the series premiere yesterday, episode 101, Pilot. Very inventive names coming out of Damon Lindelof and Tom something. Perota. Perota. Uh, gonna have to learn his name. He's not a name I've heard before. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's the guy that authored the novel that this is based on, uh-huh. as well as I believe he wrote uh, Election. Uh, oh, which the... is the Reese Witherspoon uh-huh. Matthew Broderick vehicle, and um, Little Children, which I've never actually heard of. So, but he got an Oscar for. Uh, um, huh. Both those were uh, nominated for Oscars. Wow. So. It's got quite the pedigree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you are unfamiliar with Damon Lindelof, he he created, co-created Lost. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of Lost stuff going on in this show, definitely. I mean, he, one of his signatures is obviously the mystery behind kind of what's going on in in the world, uh, what's going on with these characters, and that is here in spades. Yeah, but so the knock against Lindelof is that he just rocks us, rocks. He rocks and walks the tightrope of, mm. you know, lay a bunch of mysterious shit, see what sticks, and then maybe <laughs> you can figure out the answers as you're going along. And then get on the forums and tell us how to end this because we have no fucking clue. <laughs> right. Because they, yeah, I feel like, number one, having a novel setting a loose structure, and I don't know how, fa- I haven't read the novel, uh, Seppenwall and. And uh, Feinberg had both read it. I listened to her podcast the other day, and they mentioned how, you know, I guess it's following for the most part, but there's some significant departures. Don't know, don't care. Um, But having that structure and having the writer working with them that presumably has the answers, I think, is going to head some of that off. And also, it's not a mystery. The the core mystery of why 2% of the world... This population just disappeared. I don't think the show has any interest in no. plumbing. No, I think it dealt with it. They did the commission. They basically said, we don't there fucking are know. no answers. Yeah, so deal with it. And that's what the show is really about. How do these people deal with it, right? And, and I feel like it's somehow it's easier to come up with answers about human behavior than it is, why are there polar bears on Tropical Island? Why is there... A smoke monster chasing people and turning them wrong. <laughs> for side some out. people, yeah. Uh, for some writers, I think it's easier. For others, I think the plot stuff just clicks, and they can get it. Uh, that, that was one of Lost Strong Suits. I thought. I mean, it was kind of going back and looking at it again a little overly dramatic in spots. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Uh, but they did character interactions really well. I thought, okay. and, and they made real believable characters. That's true. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that they didn't. I mean, plot does matter to a certain extent, especially absolutely. With it you you put all these questions, and it's again nobody's putting a gun to these people's heads and saying you've got to get this complex, crazy mythology mm-hmm. that begs answers. You can't raise questions, and I mean, I guess you can, but then you have to deal with people being pissed when they're unsatisfying, or when you don't sure. know the answers yourself, you're just jerking them around. Yeah. I feel like I'm a lot more confident going into this episode that because we're not really promised any answers. It's kind of like this is a a, a thing hmm. that's happened to the world, and this is how people are going to deal with it. And yeah, I, I love the concept of one out of every fifty people just disappearing because there are some families that are going to be 
you know, have one or two, almost everybody. Like, yeah, yeah, that hits almost everybody. Everybody's going to know someone that's a close friend or a coworker or family member that's disappeared. Yeah, do, and, you, and, do you know 50 people? Well, chances are that exactly. one of them has disappeared. And and it's not – that the thing that's cool about it is it's not like a tsunami that hit yeah, yeah. the – you know. There's no one to blame, A. Yeah, it didn't hit some remote island. It's not an earthquake that happened in Chile. It's, it's not nothing a, that could have been prevented. It's not a terrorist attack yeah. that happened in New York. It happened in the entire world is dealing yeah, with yeah. this whole thing. And it's kind of interesting that it's it's set in America because it would also be interesting to see how like China deals with this and Russia deals with this. Sure, and yeah. Japan and uh, Somalia is like all yeah. across the world because the cultures are all different. So how the Germans? How the fuck did the Germans handle this? Yeah, uh, those are all very interesting questions, but questions I don't feel like we're going to get answers to. I feel no, like they this... would have set up. I mean, they set up maybe a very very minor government plot line with the the town parade or whatever the yeah. heroes parade but that's still so, small but it's things. so small ball yeah compared to worldwide in uh, fact it feels like everything this is how small ball it is everything is connected to the the lead it is yeah uh, what's kevin the sheriff uh, uh, i Garvey. think so sure um because i was almost said well the wayne the black gentleman that seems to be running some kind oh, of a compound some kind therapy. of cult yeah some kind of his own cult of personality on some compound yeah. uh his one of his uh enforcers lieutenants gophers i'm not sure what you call him is kevin's son ah yeah yeah the uh guilty remnant which i think is the most fascinating part is his wa- is is got a uh his wife is a member what the fuck is the guilty remnant that's the guys in is white. that the name yeah. for them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh Hmm. Uh, they, I think they only got their full name in there like once or twice. They refer to it, as yeah. Remnant or the GRs or whatever. The ones who smoke. <laughs> the ones who smoke. That's that's driving me crazy. I finish your point, but we'll. Um, so we'll I'm talk just saying that like think of a plot line, and they all have this family as its thread. So I I don't. Yes. Not only are we not going to go worldwide, I don't think <laughs> we're going to go nationwide. I think it's going to be this town and these people and how they are dealing with. Sure. It. This island, right? Right. Right. <laughs> it's the lost formula. Uh, it, it, huh. with Lost, it got it. It kind of branched out in scope toward the end. Uh, you had people working on the outside of the island and stuff like that. Um, with this, I feel like maybe it could go there in time. Definitely not season one, I'd say. Well, and I feel like the scope's already widened because we're in. We're three years down the pipe, so we've got yeah. But it, but that's that all background, with. right? I'm saying, will they address it on the show? Oh, okay. will they actually get into any of that? Who knows? What Who did knows? you think? We talked about kind of the premise uh-huh. and our um, relationship with the pedigree. Before we move on from that, I want to say that Peter Berg directs this in the next episode. Um, he is a pretty prolific guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's directed. Um, cinematic stuff such as the rundown, which was the rock vehicle, which <laughs> oh, I quite enjoyed. Christ, except for a couple of parts, I quite enjoyed, except for the monkey face rape. Yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. Very bad things. Friday Night Lights, the movie, The Kingdom, uh, Hancock, the Will Smith superhero okay. sh- uh, thing, Battleship, Lone Survivor, which Battleship. is about Marcus Luttrell, the the lone survivor of a Navy SEAL fiasco. I don't think I've seen that. 
also developed and created this series, television series, Friday Night Lights, which I've never seen, but is very well respected in yeah. almost every professional critic's top ten list. It's something I hope to get around to watching. Mm-hmm. So he's also acted on Chicago Hope as Dr. <laughs> Billy, oh. Billy Cronk. As AKA who gives a fuck. But <laughs> all these people together, you know, there's there's reason that to believe that there's some quality. You know, you've got a fairly renowned showrunner, a fairly yeah, renowned yeah. novelist, a fairly renowned director with lots of experience and, you know, we'll see how it goes, but these first two episodes, I'm sure. pretty, I'm pretty stoked for. Yeah, I I have so many questions um and I think that's the whole point of this first episode is to just lay out all the questions. Okay. Who did are... you enjoy the experience of watching it? Oh god. See, by the time this year is out, all the podcasts that I'm doing are going to be fucking depressing. <laughs> True Detective is going to depress the shit out of me. Maybe, maybe they might come back with something just completely different. I next never year. found that show depressing. Oh god, it was depressing. Uh, this show is going to depress the shit out of me. Okay. There are so many sad sacks in this show <laughs> for good reason. I'm not. That's not anything against them. I'm just saying that's the subject matter we're going into here. Uh, so I feel like. I thought it was very well made. It's another depressing show, and I, I, it's hard to get behind those sometimes okay. for me. I prefer things like Breaking Bad, where it's not really – it's more lighthearted. It mm. just doesn't have this tone of overall sorrow. And, okay. Ugh. At least not all the time. Um, yeah. I found it very fascinating, very absorbing to watch. It and was. At no yeah. point – there was a little thing with the dogs at the end where I'm like, I don't know if I like where this is going, but I'm like, you know what? That's <laughs> that's an episode to worry about a, another day. Yeah, that's kind of the only thing where I they lost me a little bit, and unfortunately, that's kind of the climax of the episode. So, what do you think that meant? Um, we we have we go Wayne. right to the dogs, are we? Yeah, yeah. Let's go right to the dogs. We because I want to set it up with talk, we talk about Wayne before we do that. Should we talk about the format of this cast? We're going to do like a modified half-ass cast, kind of like Fargo, where... Because I don't think the series... The increasingly whole-assed cast. Increasingly fully-assed cast, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to be a scene-by-scene recap. Because I don't feel like this show lends itself to that. It's not about the action and plot so much as about the themes, the characters, and the revelations that we find out about them. So So far, yeah, we'll see what Lindelof does with it. And it could, yeah. like If it turns into action-adventure in episode six, then maybe we'll change gears. But right now, (laughs) it's a half-ass cast. Shoot out at the compound. All the way. Congressman rolls in with the National Guard, (laughs) tries to take him down. Uh, Yeah, um, let's talk about the dogs a little bit. Let's talk about Wayne first, though. He's, you know, the main character, the dad. A parent that... Kevin? Kevin? Kevin, Kevin Gard- Garvey yeah, yeah. or Garney or something. I don't have their names down yet, okay. obviously. Right. <laughs> uh, Kevin is the dad and the the police chief. He's the in police the town? chief. Okay. Who his father was the police chief before him. Yeah, went crazy at some point. Ran around stark naked. Right, we have a brief flashback of this man running around the yard at night, buck naked. Already, screaming. this podcast is full assed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was a three-quarter profile ass. Okay, yeah. A tasteful uh, three-quarter profile. So it's clear, obviously, that his wife is in whatever, the leftovers. Yeah. Um, I forget what you called them already. The guilty remnant. Guilty remnant. Uh, his wife is part of that. His wife was disappeared with the 2% population, and that lets us know that these these remnant are probably at least partially made up of people who 
were disappeared. I right. You mean you think they're actually returned people, or you think they're survivors of people that directly the disappearing directly affected their life? I think they're returned. Let's let's shelf that for now until whoa, we whoa, talk about whoa. Kevin. Okay, because I've I strongly disagree. Okay. that any of these people have returned. These two percent okay. never seen again. All right. Um. So let's talk more about Kevin. Kevin has a drinking problem because of that. His his wife is gone for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, and has become part of this. Is it a drinking problem? It is a drinking problem. Why do you think it's a drinking problem? Well, he's drinking Be- in his car. He's drink. He's the police chief. He's drinking in his car. Uh, he's drinking throughout the episode. He hasn't you gone see him full drinking on beers. I no, mean, not quite. Smashes into a bridge overpass. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a drinking problem. He tells his daughter not to drink at the party, which, of course, you're going to tell your daughter that anyway. Sure. But then he's sitting at the table drinking with dinner. So it's like, uh... Drinking with dinner. Know. That's a classic sign of a drinking problem. Drinking... At the is, man is beer something that you drink with dinner? I don't even know. Yes, I don't I like beer. I just drank beer with dinner last night. Really? Yeah. Had an IPA uh, with my taco salad. I don't like beer. I don't really like beer very much. Well... There's a couple beers that are exceptions, but I don't really like it. Okay. <laughs> don't know what to say about that. We should move on. <laughs> so he's he's clearly not got a good relationship with either of his kids. They're not answering his phone calls. They're directly disobeying him, staying out all night with dead dogs in the trunk. Well, I don't think they have – this family's relationship seems to have – even though the daughter and the – the youngest daughter and the father are trying to maintain the semblance of this family thing that they commented on. Her friends, like, I really like the – family thing you've got going on here at the dinner sit down dinner table you can tell that you know the son is just not even returning phone calls he's out with this cult the daughter is you know leading a fairly scary life Um, i don't think she would be at that table if her dad didn't make her be at that table uh, i don't know that's the vibe i got child and lost her mom in this and not lost her. Her mom abandoned them in this very weird situation around. And the other thing I think it's interesting is this is the one family that was not directly touched by the happening or the following. Or okay, the, we have to get over. we have to get into his wife then. Okay, we we absolutely have to because I don't know where you're coming from here. Oh, is there something in the episode that says that she is not? Uh, one of the ones who disappeared on the yes, 14th. Yes, the fact that she's still on this fucking planet is how we know she didn't disappear. Do we know that, or do we do we have I'm any status on these, because these people also, in called, white robes? They're called the guilty remnant. A remnant is a leftover okay. portion of something, sure. and they feel guilty about it, and they smoke and take a vow of silence as a way, and seem to be their mission is... I don't like anything that these people do. And their mission, and their, well, stay with it. Their mission is to make other people aware of, you can't go on, you can't move, why are you doing, why are you going out to dinner, why are you celebrating, why are you making statues? It's all bullshit, Mm -hmm. and I think they've got this nihilist view where they just want to drop out of the world, get everyone else to drop out of the world, and die. God, that's such fucking horseshit. Uh, I, I, but I think it's the m- most interesting part because you know growing up in a cult and it mm. wasn't a white pajamas cult, but it was definitely a high control. It could have been if thing. they wanted it to. That's be. the thing. Like <laughs> if the old dudes in uh, Brooklyn, New York, sent a blue pill and told everyone in the, the world as a Jehovah's Witness to take it, mm-hmm. what percent do you think would be dead the next day? A large percent. I don't know. Well over 50. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I'm thinking it's right at 50 because yeah, maybe. I, don't I just know. feel like they're and, and it just depends. Like I, if they, it depends on how much groundwork they laid up to the blue pill. It, absolutely. If the blue pills came down today. I don't know if the if if they started like ramping up the Armageddon stuff and started you know some of their weirder yep. <laughs> paranoid practices then maybe you get higher than that but that's still sure. a scary thought that 50 percent of seven something million people could just die because a bunch of old people told them to that's the most interesting part about the the guilty remnant is how they became that way it, i want to get flashbacks i want to get copious flashbacks and it seems like it's one of those rare cults that is in completely organic it's not a top down they've got the wayne guy who we'll talk about in a minute that seems like it's a top down straight cult of personality mm. this is almost like the occupation wall street of of, of cults yeah, everything's a de- democratic. Everyone kind, kind of does what they want because to do. Patty is obviously the leader of that is, house, at least. Okay, I mean, it's like, is she really the leader, or did they appoint her as their speaker for when things like this happen? Because Fucking speaking, get she, out of here with that speaking. And she gives you she either gives, talk or you don't. <laughs> she gives this instructions, and no, I actually like that. She gives instructions, but who knows? I mean, is that do they rotate? We don't know. But I'm just saying, is like they're very. There seems to be very little leadership and structure it's like sure. they all i agree with that believe yeah. in the mission and yada yada mm-hmm. um, and you kind of have to you smoke like yourself it? to death why don't you like it uh you just don't like I, the worldview it bothers you yeah mostly um i i think the idea of throwing up your hands and giving up and just saying kill me is fucking stupid of course i just think it's i also think... so i have very little tolerance for watching people doing that it's hmm. it it annoys me it it makes me almost angry at them for not giving a shit about their life. Hmm. I I kind of feel where you're coming from, but on the other hand, I think that if you know a whole like a United States worth of people disappeared off the globe, and I don't I don't, I don't how many million is 2% of 7 billion? I don't know. Uh we shouldn't bog down in it. No, probably but not. But still of 1 out of 50 it's like I, 140 million people. Okay, so if like half or a third of the United States has disappeared, wait, they the world, said in the episode that it was as many as the ten biggest cities in the world, right? Okay, didn't they say that? I think that's. So. I could say we could figure yeah, out might be right true. now yeah, yeah. the exact number. I think it's one I'm terrible at math. I mean, ten percent of seven million would be seven hundred yeah. million. So a fifth of that would be about a hundred, hundred fifty million. About one hundred forty. Watch yeah. two idiots do math. <laughs> Um, that grew up in the Indiana educational system. Uh, but I'm just saying that, like, I don't think you can discount that as a valid reaction that people would have. Sure. I, some people would have that. I don't know how many of these people there are. It seemed like there was an entire street, at least, of houses just full of these people. It looked like, I think they mentioned that there's 59 or there's the 50-something of them, and I assume that's in that small town. Okay. So it's not a huge number, but it's mm-hmm. it's a surprising It's a larger number than I would expect to just give up on life after some event. But I also think it's significant that this mom, who did not lose any of her immediate family that we know of, maybe she lost her mom or dad or whatever, or sister, mm-hmm. she decides to join this cult. Whereas another woman who literally her entire family was taken away from, from them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she's like the spokesperson for we need to, you know, recognize and move on. I think that's interesting. I also think it's super interesting that you catch, speaking of uh, Kevin, 
he was fucking a man that was not his wife during the disappearance. And in fact, the fucky disappeared. This was a flashback when the one woman at the very beginning of the episode, she's the one that lost her son at the laundromat. She's they at the meet, bar, yeah. Meet in a bar, and he says, she's like, where were you when it happened? And he said... All I saw was a pile of arms and legs in there. He I was had... fucking a chick, and she disappeared, and that's that was not their mother. Okay, holy fuck, you just confused me. You said he was fucking a man, and I was like, what? Oh, sorry. What did I miss in that scene? I got my true blood and my <laughs> leftovers mixed up together. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's, he's with someone other than his wife at yeah, that point. She's fucking a woman, not his wife. Hmm. So there was an affair. And then I, what kind of... You imagine having this situation. You're in an intimate situation. You're having sex with somebody. And then whoosh! And then they're, they're gone. gone. That's... <laughs> fucked up (laughs) so i wish they had done a better job of conveying how surprising this really is at the very beginning because the i felt like the scene with the baby didn't quite do it um because she was in the front seat she was completely distracted on the phone the window was open it's like someone could have conceivably walked up grabbed that baby and walked off without her noticing I feel like if it had been more direct, like she's looking at the child and boom, it's gone. I don't, I think they deliberately chose not to show exactly what it looked like when people disappeared to keep some of that mystery. But I thought, but but why keep the mystery, right? You want to, I would think you would want to immediately tell people what happened. Well, okay. So let's say that they did show it on camera, a flat, like, you know, someone just disappearing. Do they show them just literally disappearing like one frame they're there and one frame they're not did they disappear that's, for the, life? Did that's they... for the effects guy i don't give but a shit what i'm saying is i feel like that people would obsess over that what's well, a bright white flash of light so it must have been or it was they, especially they, in a day evaporated show. into gray steam yeah that's what i'm saying it's like i people feel like by like, not doing that they're like fuck off oh my god catcher in the rye was in the background in that scene what does it mean <laughs> yeah we're not talking about the disappearance it's not yeah, yeah. you know and also here's a un council of all the clerics and all the scientists in the world and they're all saying ah I don't I don't know. Know. yeah i thought that was super awesome uh at least show the broad scope that people are still talking about this trying to figure out what happened but of course they're going to come back with an i don't know and i like the because it was magic jump because if it was just a year six yeah. months i could conceivably see them writing a scene where kevin's like i was fucking this girl and she disappeared into white flash three years down the line all those questions have been asked and answered everybody's there are no used answers. to this new world now yeah. just fill in the audience yeah, yeah how did all this happen yeah i'm okay with a, a a big jump in time as long as we go back and see a little bit of it and you know Lindelof does flashbacks but I thought that was really great because she didn't immediately said my baby got raptured it's like how the fuck could this happen like you know it's like check the floor she wasn't even panicked because the baby was right there yeah and then the car crash and the little boy that lost his dad I thought that was uh you know as a father I have a soft spot for kids I thought that was tough to watch and really well done and I thought it really expressed hmm. how I would feel in a situation where you what just if they turn around and your it. kid's gone. What if they had flipped it and the mother was gone? Well, what's because babies aren't interesting. Babies are only interesting in fiction when they can be put in jeopardy but, or they're a symbol of hope. <laughs> but it is put in jeopardy, right? Like that baby has just been... But what's the abandoned how long by someone going, who we know would not abandon? How long are you going baby? to stay on the baby to get its reaction? Is it? It's either going to sit there and continue to cry, or it's going to stop. It would crying. continue to cry. Then you go up to the kid whose father's gone. Nah, I don't know. Don't like it. Babies <laughs> aren't interesting. <laughs> All right, you want what you saw on the screen. That's no, fine. I thought I thought it was great. I didn't have any complaints yeah, about it. I thought it was okay. 
Uh, what else do we want to talk about with this? There's so many questions. There seems to be like so not only this white robed cult, but a black robed cult potentially. Were there were a couple black robes. Yeah, there were a couple of people, and it might be just a response to the Where did guilty you see remnant. Black robed cult. There are a couple people up on a porch um, who were dressed all in black, faces covered in black. Really? Uh, Where? Yeah. Uh, it's some. He's walking down the street or something. Huh. Like maybe when he's going to see his wife. I can't remember. Huh. But yeah, there's definitely a couple people in black sitting on a porch at some point. So what do we think? Here's what we know about the Guilty Remnant. They all wear white. They all have... They smoke. We don't know why they do any of the things they do, though. They all have really crazy fonts uh, with messages on the bathroom walls and and their eating areas. And they eat gruel. They seem to have a very ascetic experience of life. Well, they don't work, so obviously they're... They're right. living on the cheap, right? Right. Those white shoes cost a lot. And you they're, wonder... They're white, white shoes. I would love to know how they are. I mean, do they have electricity? Are those houses... They bought up the houses. Are they... I mean, I, did, I guess if you took everyone's personal finances... Yeah. Pulled them all together and just did bare sustenance living, you could probably get by pretty cheaply. For a while. Although cigarettes, yeah. not the oh. most expensive habit in the world. I think they should have gone black tar heroin. Hand-rolled, though. Oh, that's So they're true. saving Were some they? money. I thought so. They're buying shitty tobacco, like scraped off the floor tobacco in bulk and then hand rolling their own. <laughs> um, but Maybe. what they are also doing is they're distributing packets, dossiers on people. Uh-huh. We don't know why. Like Liv T- Tyler was one of the ones that got uh, assigned to be watched. There mm-hmm. was watchers and then there's other tasks, but she got to assign a watch and these two women followed her around everywhere she went and just looked at her. Didn't proselytize yeah. to her. And that had such a profound effect on her throughout the, for, the beginning of the episode that she decided that she wanted to kind of put her toe in the cult water. Yeah, she was also fucked up to begin with. But we don't know why or how or what her whole yeah. story is. No, we don't know much of her story at all. So I mean, this seems to be the primary way they recruit. I think so, yeah. They're, they, they're kind of like a little bit of uh, Fred Phelps protesting funerals and whatnot. And they're also a little bit of Scientology doxers where they just go to your house and try to creep you out. So I think Liv Tyler is going to be the vehicle for our understanding of the guilty remnant. I also wonder if they're targeting people that haven't lost any immediate family members. Because the guilty remnant implies, Hmm. you know, why would you feel guilty if you bore some of the pain and loss? Maybe this is a movement that just targets these people that are most at risk at feeling guilty. Huh, that could be. Um, I just wonder, because that... But I she only... seemed clearly broken up about the disappearance, and it didn't seem just like guilt. It felt like she was racked with despair. Who? Um, Liv over, Tyler? Liv Tyler. I didn't get... Over I... someone disappearing. Really? I didn't That's get That's the vibe that. I got from I her. didn't get that because I think Liv Tyler's best at just kind of... I don't know. Looking like that, we've got her up on the monitor. She just kind of has a blank, <laughs> empathetic look on her face. So uh-huh. you could read anything uh-huh. into that. Um, well, she doesn't want to miss a thing. I don't blame her. <laughs> She's got eyes wide open here. Yeah. There's animal crackers <laughs> running up and down her stomach, <laughs> tripping into her navel. Um, yep. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um that's just my theory that I wonder if okay. they're going after the people who have not directly lost anyone in their inner circle. That's what they encourage, uh, or at least that's what Damon Lindelof what used is, to encourage. What's the rhyme, what's the rhyme or reason in in the type of people that they disseminate these docs on and then watch? I've got an answer for you. Okay, 
I don't know, <laughs> and I'm not going to fucking know because this is Damon Lindelof, so we're not going to know until season four, episode eight. Mm. How many seasons <laughs> do you think this thing can go? Uh, please, God, not seven. You saw what that did to Lost. I think give it a tight four or five seasons. But well, I was thinking let's see what happens at the end of season one. Sure, obviously. It's got to be a good show throughout season and one also, first. And also, it better not depend on us not having the answers to fucking questions. Oh, it's going to. No. If you think you are in for a show where you're going to get answer after answer, you are wrong, my friend. But the thing is, this show's structured different from Lost because the people living this world know the fucking answers. Okay? Sure. They're not dropped on some mystery island that doesn't obey the laws of physics. But Damon Lindelof cannot resist... If he doesn't, then he's going to lose me very quickly because I will not put up with this X Files shit. <laughs> I think you're going to have to at least for a while, maybe through fine, season that's one. Fine, I'm fine with yeah. being put in the middle of something and figuring stuff out. I don't yeah. like mystery for the sake of mystery. I and actually went into this episode, I think, knowing more about the show than I did coming out of episode one. That's what you one. said when we were talking. I feel right like after. there are just a billion questions that built up during this episode, and nothing was answered. Oh, uh, and I think that's that's a, a point they made. You okay, know? Uh, another topic. Let's mm. talk about Wayne and his ranch oh happiness that he's running somewhere in yeah. some place hot and desert like. So he's got congressmen visiting because they are burdened. Yeah, the, the it's very direct. top secret. This yep. is a compound. It's patrolled by armed men. men. Yep, or he or has a bunch of. Attractive Asian women in bikinis around the pool. Yep, that are apparently up a harem. They're apparently vital to the survival of the world. Yeah, so I'm curious about the gummy worm girl. I don't know her name. Mm-hmm. Um, does she have some kind of special powers? Is she like I don't know how sci-fi okay. they're going to get with this. That's right. The other thing is, I am going to be mildly disappointed because mm-hmm. I'm my expectation is there is no. There is going to be no supernatural other than... There's the, already the, supernatural. Well, the, the, the disappearance yeah. of two, 2% of the people. That's super supernatural. But I'm saying it's like the the people left behind, I don't think are going to start manifesting any hero-type powers. Okay, or going to I, I can buy that. Or anything like that. If they do, fine, we'll see. I mean, after my, the Fishnado <laughs> debacle on Fargo, I'm not going to make sweeping yeah. statements about it ruining the enjoyment of the series. I'm just yeah. saying that would very surprise me and have me worried about the show direction. Um, having yeah. said that... It's interesting that this man has some ability to lift burdens. And is that a a placebo effect? What is the procedure that he's using to do that? Why is there so much secrecy? Um, Is this all just them paranoia? Is the government actually worried about these cults? Um, I don't don't know. What – and and – it seems like that uh, Kevin's son, whose name I do not know, the guy who screamed underwater, which was a very cool shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess his name's Tom. Uh, he has getting this relationship with this woman, but the Wayne character put the kibosh on it hard. Oh, yeah. In fact, when he pulled out that knife, I was wondering if he wasn't going to make him his own personal unsullied. <laughs> I thought that's nah. where that was going. It's a little, a little dark. I'm, well, I mean, the guy doesn't even get a dark. warning. Come on. No, I mean, it's like that's the thing. It's like I think he's going to, you know, are you fully committed? And he's just going to Ugh. deball him right then and there. Thank goodness that did not happen. It's still on the table. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, at any moment, anyone could lose their balls. I don't know why not. Well, I mean, if he just wants guys to protect these women for some weird reason, and yeah. he had this, you know, the Wayne guy himself, um, seems crazy. He's having visions of his daughter. 
And he's saying all these people left behind are asleep and it's time for them to wake up. It's three years to the day of the disappearance. Yeah. That seemed like an important date to him. What is going on at that compound? Seems like maybe he's built up a following of some kind and now he's going to try to exploit that. Oh, a following? (laughs) Around this event? Yes. (laughs) Would you say there's 4,400 people in it? Uh, Probably. At least 4,400. I'm just waiting for Michael Emerson to show up in a hot air balloon. That's all I want. (laughs) Okay. I have no idea what that's a reference to. (laughs) Lost. Okay. Again, I bailed in season two. So... Do we have anything else interesting to say about Mr. Wayne? Uh, not not really. They didn't show a whole lot about what's going on up there. They just teased a yeah. bunch. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about so, uh, Doctor Who. Christopher Eccleston. Okay. Guy passing out pamphlets, flyers at the uh, Hero Day ceremony. Saying that this is wrong, that these people weren't saints, they weren't any better. There's, I know for a fact there was... Yeah, this People, woman beat all, her child. Yeah, like, and there's whores and whatever. These, you know, are not. Trust me, he knows about the whores disappearing. <laughs> they're not. He's he's responsible for half of them. <laughs> um, I've. <laughs> it's actually only one percent of the population disappeared, and he disappeared the other one percent on his own. Doctor Who got dark. Just like... <laughs> this is actually the new season of Doctor Who. It's what happens in a Time Lord. Uh, reincarnates, doesn't realize who he is or what powers he has. And starts and, banging whores. And, and then making them disappear <laughs> because he feels ashamed. Yep. It's it's really dark for the Beeb. Uh, I don't... Uh, yeah, I, I that's interesting. And I hear from the non-spoiler Seppenwall and the um, other reviews that he's going to be play a much bigger part in the episodes to come. I assume so, just given who he is. You don't uh, hire Christopher Eccleston for passing out flyers. I feel like there's two other topics to talk about. The teenage daughter situation and the dog situation. Which one do you want to okay. tackle first? Uh, teenage daughter situation. Good, because the dogs are the ones I have the biggest problem with and the most questions about. Interesting. Okay. Did you, a lot of people on our Facebook thread, facebook.com slash baldmove, were having a hard time dealing with the daughter situation. And by that I mean having a hard time dealing with like is this are this is is this how teenagers live? I don't buy it. It doesn't feel realistic that these people are burning. I feel like that might be a very naive approach because teenagers the, the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not every one of them, but at these type of parties, there's weed smoked, there's there's alcohol consumed, there is shit huffed. Yeah, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There basically, is choking. At these I mean, there's the choking. There's the you know where you you choke people till they pass out. I don't. know. Why do you that shit? Get got, that was that's what somebody. we that's got weird. up to twenty years ago in my small, sleepy little Indiana t- hometown. Yeah, yeah. After some kind of weird nihilistic supernatural disappearance of everyone, I'm saying all bets are off. Sure, I I got a little bit into that mode where I was like, is this how parties really go? But then I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's how parties go. No, I mean, Because I've parties. seen some stupid shit. I've been to a couple of dumb parties. And yes. Shit went down. Not that kind of shit, but Other, equally ridiculous shit. When you get... Because there's the thing. Most of the people are okay, and most of the people are just there to party. But there's yeah. like 10 to 15% of people that have the demons come out. <laughs> and they're the ones that start, you know, smashing windows and burning curtains. Yeah. And branding themselves or beating their head against the wall or punching through dry... And that's the that's that's where things go wrong. Uh, that party, down. that party was 
tame until Steven Tyler showed up, and then boom, <laughs> that's what you get. Is anybody going to be cocaine? Um, He's Dr. Rocks. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I think that's look right. at his body of work. Sure. Uh, no, uh, I didn't have a problem with it. I found this kind of like Thora Birch performance, um, a little bit of Ghost World, a little bit of American Beauty. Sure. I was fine with it, and I thought it was interesting. I... Yeah, and, and I, I like the fact that she's this really pretty girl, but she's also mm-hmm. probably grown up in the last three years in some weird circumstances. So she's yeah. not like a cheerleader. Um, she's the type of girl to throw an elbow and break a girl's nose, and not give a fuck. Um, and well, she's, she's angsty, awkward around right? boys. She doesn't know how. Like you know, this guy's like puts his gun to his head. She goes full. <laughs> she yeah. goes full pantomime and that kind of like went too far, which I. I made her me like her even more. Sure, I thought that was funny. Turned off the preppy guy. Yep. Uh, but so I, I don't know. I felt like it was entirely believable. It all seems predicated on her mother. Like she's she's gotten angsty after her mother left or was disappeared or whatever. And teenagers don't need a whole lot of reason. No, to God, be, no. To, to write bad poetry and be dramatic. Sure, they so, really don't. I I thought her character portrayal was fairly accurate to what might happen to a certain kind of teenager sure in the circumstances uh i don't know what the circumstance is around her mother leaving or whatever might have found the finally something to dethrone the sad birthday hand job as the saddest hand job in televised history it's the, <laughs> the choke job. manual uh auto auto self job while someone else's uh dispiritedly choking you that that was yeah. pretty, that was pretty sad that that was for everyone involved. Yeah, even the people outside at the party. <laughs> it was leaking out the doors. The sadness. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, that that was a scene that was not super easy to watch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because presumably these kids are underage. I assume. I guess I, they did a good job of getting kids who look young. Yeah, I, like, I would. Most buy... of the time, they'd cast a twenty-six-year-old in her role, and she I, I she said, looks. I would be surprised 18. if you know. I could say she's anywhere from twenty-four to sixteen. Sure. So absolutely, I'm thinking they're wanting me to believe that she is in the middle of the high school years. So yeah, or maybe she's a senior. But I totally buy that. Okay. What else? There's dogs to talk about. These dog situation. So one of the intro scenes is Kevin uh, jogging around. And he sees this dog, which I was getting like not cool vibes from. Yeah, this mangy looking, this, yeah, kind of dirty little, dog, little crazy eye from the dog. And he's like, you know, kissing at it and wanting to come here. Dog gets shot in the middle of the street. Boom. Dude takes off. This is before we even knew he's a police officer, I believe. Yeah, he was just jogging. So he throws the dead dog in the back, in the back of the car, which also led to another weird scene when her daughter, <laughs> when his daughter. You know, borrows his police cruiser, I guess, to go to yeah. this party, and then finds a dead dog, ends up burying it with these two weird doublement twin guys. Uh huh. They looked very similar. Their effect was real. They felt like twelve-year-old boys. Uh huh. In grown-ass Abercrombie and Fitch model male bodies. I think that's just what sixteen, seventeen-year-old dudes act like. Not I really. The, I guess. A certain type of sixteen, seventeen-year-old dude. Yeah. Huh. So anyway. And then that later led to it's like that's the one another thing that kind of bothered me is these father and son the father and daughter feel like they could solve a lot of shit if they just opened their mouths and used their words because she's like what were Wait. you doing with a dead dog in the trunk instead of being yeah, yeah. like 
Oh fuck! I'm sorry. You saw that? That sub. This was a weird fucked up deal. This dog got shot. <laughs> I seems tried to be to get... something you'd explain. It seemed, it's like a 30 second explanation. Mm-hmm. Instead, he just sits there and just mugs at her. Yeah. Until she like huffs off, and I'm like, who the fuck does that? And, and open and... your mouth and start talking, asshole. <laughs> Do you not understand now why your daughter is such an angsty little shit? Yes. Because you're not talking to her That's at all. That's creepy as fuck. And you can't roll and be like, where were you last night? Well, yeah. why did you have a dead dog in your body? All right. You tell your truth. She'll tell you your truth. And then you can go on. Yeah, yeah. But No communication anywhere. And that's like this drama for the sake of it. And it's a trope. Yeah. And I get it. It happens to the best of shows. But it really, that's the one, one of the things that annoys me the most. Is this episode him breaking bad? Killing those dogs or him trying to do the right thing and protect the town? I felt like it was very obvious that those dogs were up to were up to some evil shit. And they sure. are a clear threat to a person. And I just wondered what would happen if that guy hadn't shown up with the gun. Yeah. Like, these are not our question. dogs now. I feel like this is the most losty aspect of it. Uh-huh. Because I feel like what they're wanting us to believe is that these dogs are the uh, the disappeared dogs like the owners that just disappeared and no one really cared about them or they maybe they got abandoned These or they are the were, guilty remnant of the dog yeah this is the guilty dog remnant there you go the gdr yeah. and they've gone feral and kind of psycho and rabid yeah and they're hunting wild animals is the this rabid remnant the other thing is is this is kevin a reliable narrator because he sees deer that aren't there a big elk yeah. is walking through the town. Did did he did all? Is is this all? What a, what aspect of this is happening inside of his head, and what all of this is real? I think all of it was real, um, unless you want to say that the guy with the gun and no plates is not real, which I I might buy. I was gonna say because that, there's I can't no plates on the car. He I, tells people about it; they think he's crazy. I can't rule it out. Yeah, the dog. Uh, the so, only other thing is the dog in the trunk. You'd have to believe then that he might have killed that dog yes, and put it in the trunk. That's exactly what I'm wondering. Okay, if, if he's gone, this is some showing that he's losing control. I, the only problem I'd have there is I feel like this guy was super under control yeah. during the guilty remnant riot that broke out. Yeah, um, he locked it down. Yeah, it's like he didn't didn't. I felt like he was appropriate in his response, and he didn't like start whipping out his gun. And yeah, he was beating. He's beating some dudes, but you gotta. That's that's a very dangerous situation to be in as a oh, law yeah. enforcement officer. Certainly, everyone. In fact, you, you don't want to beat too many people. No, because then it looks bad. Yeah, no. You got to beat enough people though to keep them from doing. What yeah, doing. that's where it's like you know maybe I'm an easily cowed citizen because I would definitely protest. But as soon as the cops with the right shield show up, I'm fucking out of there. Mm. Nothing good can happen once the plexiglass shields come out. Yeah. Well. Uh, on either side, so um, go and protest peacefully. Protest another day because the peaceful protest—that's the sign that the peaceful, uh, the peaceful phase of protest is coming to an end. The violent yeah, phase yeah. is now coming. Yeah, or it's turning into revolution. That's and what I'm saying. You, like, and if you it's can revolution argue mode, whether or not you want that. Then you know? flip another switch. Leave home the signs. Bring and your the own rocks plexiglass and, and, and bring your own plexiglass and bullets and and throw yeah. down. So we'll we'll see. Uh, another possible take on this maybe thematically i wonder how much he views these dogs you know they're not our dogs anymore as his kids how those two that's a really dark people relate uh it it is it's certainly dark given what he does at the end but 
you 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 got to wonder because he's certainly losing control of his family throughout yeah. this whole episode. You can see how much he's lost. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know where else the dogs fit in. Do you think so? If they are, they could be. I like your take on the they're a stand in for the guilty remnant. Okay. And you know he has a lot of antipathy towards them. And he also, I thought it was very moving when he came back. He went and said, uh, "I want to talk to my wife." And I felt like she was really wavering there in her. Commitment. Oh yeah. Oh, she almost said a word. And I wonder what happens with that plot. I mean, is does he just give up? Is that the first time he got liquored up and went down to the compound? I kind of feel like doesn't it doesn't seem like it. Really? No, I. I don't think so. If I don't know. It seems like Patty was like, oh my God, this again? You're not welcome here. You're not welcome here. Is it the first time he went and punched the fat dude that's, with the, I guess, the guilty remnant bouncer? If not, if not, the guy's not a very good bouncer. He should have seen that coming. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean. This guy again. Yeah, I just wonder. It might be. I, I, that's just the vibe I got off of it. And because I don't know why. the town's so hostile, and these guys, like, there's only fifty some of them, and they're not really. They seem to be more passively resistant. I can see a oh, mob yeah. coming down and just whomping everyone's ass. They're completely passive. I mean, the 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 fight broke out because the people of the town attacked them. Sure, but on the other hand, that the uh, GRB, the guilty remnant bouncer, had no problem kicking the shit out of Kevin and and throwing him out. Yeah, but Kevin punched him in his face. So they're not entirely passive, is what I'm saying. Well, until they're attacked, sure. Okay. I, I think their protests are certainly passive. Even the protesters seemed like they were just taking it. And like yeah. when Liv Although... Tyler came up and threw a punch at um, Lori, I guess is her name, she just took that passively. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they got their asses kicked, certainly. If the police That's the weren't infuriating there, they thing about cults as well is they do things that are deliberately designed to provoke a reaction in a greater populace, yes. and then they're super proud of themselves for provoking that reaction. Sure, and then they take no responsibility for provo- provoking that reaction. Either. Yes. it's like, Simultaneously, they do both. It's it's really infuriating to where they they the only way you can possibly win is to give them no reaction, which is what I try to tell people. It's like, you know, what do I do when a Joseph's coming to the door? Yeah. Give them as much apathy as you can because that's what breaks the uh, fanatic <laughs> spirit. Sure. Acting out, it's just like a child. You don't want to give them anything to rally around. You do not against. want to give positive or negative attention to a, a someone throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. And when people are doing these extreme acts and, you know, knocking on your door at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning, that is a very – they know what they're doing. That's the they thing, though. They fucking know when, that that's annoying as shit, yeah. and they're all hyped up on righteousness and saving you from the coming apocalypse. Sure, and, sure, sure. But what do you do when they won't go away, when they stand at your door and they just stand at your door? That's a very good question. Because that's what they did to Liv Tyler this time. They stood in her street. They stood outside the restaurant. It seems like that is illegal. That is harassment. I don't because I know that there's a lot of Scientologists that that's kind of their if, if that's one of the primary ways they deal with critics just follow them is around. they just stand outside with like um, you know they'll they'll stand outside their houses they'll stand outside your workplace they'll hand out flyers yeah. saying that you're a pedophile and this and other stuff and that the well it seems like that's it's, harassment yeah but it seems like it's <laughs> very hard to get the police to do anything about it sure I mean harassment is not something that 
is easily proven, right? But it also seems like you could with 50, 49, I don't know, maybe just get a restraining order on all of them and be done with it. But yeah, I, I don't know. That would be a very scary situation. Sure. I think I would it's, find it's myself probably in jail. <laughs> okay. And, you know, by the end of this, maybe a lot of people will. So Ken um, seems pretty gung ho on arresting people. But it's a cool, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about, but it's a very cool world. Yeah. I'm very into finding more about it, finding more about how the cult operates, why they're doing the things they do. Why they smoke? Why is smoking a protest? Yeah, it's a sa- it's a It seems like like a sacrament. They even have a motto on the wall saying like we don't smoke for pleasure. Mm. We do it as an expression of faith. Yeah. I don't know what that expression if is their faith is no matter what you do it doesn't matter. Those those are the questions that I expect to get answers to via flashbacks, not yeah. not necessarily before this event happened, but in the intervening three years. See, I do think something like this happening on the Earth is a game changer. Like I, often, I don't know if it is. I've often wondered. Yeah. You know, these people sometimes prophesy doom. Uh, they'll say that there'll be this date and they'll be like, you know, not mild worry, but some of the more gullible people among us will be like, oh, wow, you know, this is happening this Saturday in the Mayan calendar. It's, you know, it's, sure, it's, over. it's the Herald camping shit. Yeah. What would happen if a big fucking, not like a planet killing asteroid, but like a continent killing asteroid smacks the Earth just out of fish NATO coincidence? Yeah. Dildo dumb luck. Yeah. I'm thinking civilization as we know it is over we go back to dark ages instantly because all this there's not enough scientists and and skeptics and astrophysicists that can talk us down more than there's there's more idiots than the there are people that can't reason their way and i just feel like that that would so, really be a cataclysmic change in the way we do things it i mean at that point the power shifts right the power shifts from the the supposedly rational government to Religious leaders, yes, because now they have what they want people to consider proof. They have for their claims. Well, it's like, and that yeah. is a very powerful thing when you know people view this as their life. So, so this happening as even a moreover, like just no reason, people just disappear, and there's no scientific explanation. What's weird yeah. about that is it seems like it's doing as much damage to the religions of the world as it's doing to the That's scientific establishment. Really surprising. I mean, they talk about the rapture a lot yeah. in this episode, and they say, oh, it can't be the rapture because these people were horrible people. Some I mean, of I don't. Them. It, so, yes, because some of them were, not all of them were horrible right. people. Uh, so it, apparently the religious leaders didn't exploit that enough when it happened. Maybe. Someone else got a hold of it and spun it faster than they could. But when it happens all over really the world know. and with with Buddhists and would, Shinto and Muslims. Yeah, whose God Jews, did this, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't... It was Zeus. <laughs> you know, it's a very... There's very few religions that aren't at their core tribal. Like, they might talk sure. about, like, oh, you know, different paths and stuff. But obviously, you must believe the path you're on is more right or else you would roll differently. You would go to another right? path, sure. So that happening on a worldwide basis, I think, is... It, it you know because it, it's it's just as disturbing to the Buddhist as it is to the Christian probably, probably you know because so. like the Buddhist is like okay well if these guys went to Nirvana, uh, why did the Christians go? And yeah, it, it seems to be an equal opportunity thing for all religions. Yeah, it's it's a crisis of confidence and conscience for all of them yeah. simultaneously. And it feels like there's all these new cults that have sprung forward that says, I have the answer, and it's non-orthodox, it's non-traditional. 
and it's sure. it's satisfying to some percentage of the people. Yeah, so it's a birth of a new religion, right? Yes, a new worldwide religion. Yeah, we're watching. In some ways. We're watching the, uh, you know, the 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 Buddhas and the Jesuses of the time. That the could Genesis be of it. a super interesting way for the plot to unfold. Honestly. Right. No, there's lots of uh, like when I you're said, talking that global scale, yeah. This feels like it's got legs. I don't know how far and how long, and it depends sure. on what style they approach it with. But I'm totally invested in this particular season. We were going to do this as a bald move TV for a couple of weeks and see how it went, but I was intrigued enough that as soon as I watched, it, I sent Jim text. I'm like, I'm ready to promote this to full cast. You saw it, you're ready. We got pretty good response on Faceback. It got like 1.8 million, which is. Not exactly true. Detectives two point four, but yeah, it's not nothing. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think it'll. I it'll was surprised grow. at how low that was since True Blood led into it, which it has like a three million some audience. Huh. So I felt like I was mm-hmm. super surprised to see it not pull True de- True Detective numbers, but I feel like there's a lot of buzz and there's also just a lot of stuff that you can really dig in and analyze and talk about, which is what that's That's probably what gives us the most pleasure in watching television is that kind of stuff. So that's why I was so interested in lost podcast and got really involved in listening to podcasts and forums. Oh, I would have loved, even though it ultimately was kind of horseshit. Sure. I would have loved doing a lost podcast or if if go back even further, I would have loved to do an X-Files podcast because I was <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. even pre-internet. Like I was on the X-Files well, Usenet and – Really? Yeah. Okay. X-Files is a weird case though because it's mostly procedural except it has little – It's the myth arc. You crumbs had the mo- of arc. You had Monster yeah. of the Week episodes and then you had myth arc episodes. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes you'd have five minutes of myth arc in the Monster of the Week. The cigarette smoking man would sure. come out and Smo- the time is not right to expose blah, blah, Oh, blah, what if this is an X-Files crossover? That's where he got to start. <laughs> oh, this, yeah, this, you're going to find out the cigarette smoking man founded the Guilty Remnant. Yep, season two, Vince Gilligan comes on. And you're going to see big trucks full of black tar, <laughs> corn oil, and they're going to infect bees. And... All right, we've devolved in this podcast to the point where it's time to call it a show uh, and put a bow on it. If you want to send feedback to us, let, I imagine we'll get quite a bit. Uh, leftovers at baldmove.com. You can also participate in our show and podcast threads on baldmove.com slash what, 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 facebook.com slash baldmove. Tweet at Jim uh, your thoughts on Twitter at baldmove. Uh, if you like, you know, the only, again, the only reason we're able to do this and the only reason we're not on summer hiatus is because we chose to do this full time uh, and uh, give the people what they want, which is more podcasts, apparently. We'd appreciate your supporting us in those endeavors, and you can do it several different ways. One is to go to uh, subbable.com, S-U-B-B-A-B-L-E.com, slash baldmove. You can subscribe to our site there and give a one-time or a recurring donation to our podcast. And every dollar you spend, you can bank up and get ever-larger rewards uh, and perks uh, Bald Move memorabilia, custom podcast stuff, all kinds of interesting things. I got a new shirt idea. Oh, yeah? Just a blank white shirt. <laughs> Sell it for $40. Thank you for smoking. <laughs> um, we, so just a white a whitey T-shirt sale. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're bubs from The Wire. We're pushing our cart and we're selling white T-shirts. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. All right. I can get behind that. Um, you've completely derailed me. Oh, you can go to Amazon <laughs> – if you're doing Amazon shopping, go to Amazon.BaldMove.com. It'll take you right to Amazon with our affiliate link embedded, and that way we hoover 
a little bit of money out of Amazon's pockets on every purchase you make. If you use that link on every time, it costs you nothing. There's no hidden fees or shipping or handling or taxes or crazy stuff like that. It just eats into Amazon's profit, and it helps us out tremendously. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, I doubt that the iTunes feed will be ready by the time you're listening to this. It'll definitely be ready by next week. It's really vital that we get a big push from listeners uh, rating and reviewing us so that we can get a bigger audience and get this thing off the ground. Um, you guys usually do an excellent job at uh, helping us out that way. And it's, again, takes 30 seconds out of your life, and it's free, and it helps us out a bunch. And always recommend friends and family. If you like quality television, you know they do too, send them our way. And check out all our content at baldmove.com. It's way too much for me to mention. <laughs> okay. mean, right now, actively, we got the following. We got 24. We just wrapped up Fargo, which is excellent. I, for the record, we don't have the following. It's the leftovers. Uh, yeah. This is why it's we're following the leftovers, <laughs> because I can't fucking keep these things straight in my mind. Yep. I'm surprised I gave out the right email address. Mm-hmm. Uh that we got a lot of stuff coming up on the we got a uh, semi weekly bald mood TV cast cast where we're talking yeah, about yeah. halt and catch fire. We'll probably be talking about the strain, falling skies, falling skies, maybe the bridge and masters of sex. Those might get a full cast. We'll have to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but lots of cool stuff uh, almost on a daily basis. There's something new and cool out on baldmove.com. Check it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it for the episode. We'll be back, I guess, next Tuesday. We'll make this a weekly thing. Uh, two days after the show airs. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron.